the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. Indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. So we've got a jam-packed lineup uh, in store for you today. I'm actually thrilled to kick it off with John Estefanis, who is the founder and CEO of Rally Bright, and uh, which is a software-as-a-service team development platform that helps business leaders improve team performance, dynamics, and inclusion. And as I always do in all of our conversations, I like to get to know the person behind the microphone. So John, you and I were just talking offline. And I know you are coming off a uh, very, very busy, I think you said the most successful year uh, to date. So I want to get to know uh, sort of your background that's led to uh, the founding of Rallybrite. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for having me here today. Um, yeah, a little bit of black background. Um, you know, years ago, I made the mistake of being a lawyer. Um, and halfway through law school, I realized I actually wanted nothing to do with being a lawyer. So I had been building uh, software systems for hospitals throughout undergraduate and law school. And when I graduated law school, I had this brilliant idea of starting at dot com the summer of 2000. Um, so that worked out really well, but it turned into a marketing agency and a software company. Uh, ran that for several years, sold it, worked at some larger marketing agencies, and uh, really found that uh, what drove me was building great teams, scaling with technology, and helping people learn and grow. And that's that's kind of the foundation story behind Rally, right? Awesome. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, and uh, I want to pick your brain on everything entrepreneurship, everything team building, but also certainly as we talk about uh, the uh, the gist of what you actually do. But let's start on that business side, because I know so many of our listeners are trying to end their year uh, on a bang, and everybody has been talking about the great resignation. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, but you have prided yourself, as you just said a moment ago, on building high-performing teams. So in a nutshell, how do you do that? Yeah, uh, you know, high-performing and inclusive teams is, is what we really focus on, and I think there is a model behind what drives that. So a lot of it is focused on how do you build teams that are engaged, that understand their shared purpose and vision, that have psychological safety, trust, and belonging, um, and ultimately it's it's bringing people together, giving them the space to be who they are, relying on them and their expertise to achieve that common vision and goal, and also being aware of your environment. So that's kind of what I've always believed in. And there, there are, you know, tried and proven models that you can leverage to build teams like that. That's, you have to that's measure it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So high performing and inclusive teams. So you just said the measurement word. Um, so yeah. I want to go there. How do you actually measure performance on teams? And that's an important 
uh, factor, especially when we look at in the next few weeks, everybody's going to start to hopefully look at their uh, financials from the past year, whether it's for yeah. filing taxes or, or just to measure how did 2021 go and how do I make 2022 any better? The same thing absolutely is true. And I know I'm preaching to the choir with John Estefanis over here, the founder and CEO of Rally Bright. The same thing is true when you're talking about team performance and inclusivity as well. So how do you do that? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. I mean, there are always going to be the business metrics, right? Like the business intelligence metrics, whether it's your top line, your bottom line, whether it's uh, profitability or margins, um, or for sales teams, for example, are we hitting our quotas? Those are important, but what's equally important and what we found um, helps drive the performance of the team and the inclusiveness of the team is, is looking at how the team works together. So how do you measure it? We look at the behaviors that manifest on a team and how those behaviors align with specific areas that you can then measure around how does the team rely on each other to actually achieve that common business purpose and are they headed in the right direction? So we can look at things like, do we have psychological safety on the team? Do we have shared optimism on the team? Do we have a common vision and purpose? Um, how do we work with other teams or other groups within the organization? And from a performance perspective, are we committed and accountable to one another to achieve our common goals? So those are behaviors you can measure. And once we start to quantify those and dig a little bit deeper, then you can actually start to optimize and you see the outcome of those business intelligence results or those CRM results, which is higher margins, higher profitability, less uh, turnover, um, and improved kind of quota achievement. Those are all things we've seen from high-performing teams. Absolutely. And um, I will say this, uh, I know that you are building that certainly internally, but also externally. And now I want to sort of dive deeper into what you do, both for individuals, teams, and enterprises. And I will say this, I'm very passionate about what you do. I'm certified in the language of DISC, EQ, uh, 12 driving factors, very, very passionate about the entire language that's there. And I know that you and your team are there to, uh, to again, enable those uh, highly inclusive and, uh, and high-performing teams. So let's talk about what the team at RallyBright does. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we really focus at RallyBright specifically on teams as the core operating units for most organizations. So we understand that no person is an island. I know throughout my career, my greatest pride was building great people around me and actually, you know, working together to, to, to achieve the, those goals and those objectives. And I think that's what drives all the ultimate success. So, you mentioned a couple of things. We, we, we do help individuals in terms of self-awareness. How do we show up at work? How do we behave? There are psychometric tools for that. Then we get to teams where really we believe that the best way to build those high-performing and inclusive teams is to really help managers become better leaders. So how do we democratize a lot of what's out there with management consulting and coaching and actually put the power of data and insights and intelligence uh, into the hands of managers so they can lead their groups better and they can improve themselves? Because ultimately, that's the legacy that most executives leave behind is who are the managers we've developed? So, So there is a whole toolkit focused on helping managers build better teams with full transparency. So once you understand those behaviors that drive the performance of an organization or of those those teams, share that with the teams. Work together on what the next steps are, um, and then ultimately at the organizational level, what are the trends that we're seeing? You know, are we an organization that has high psychological safety? Are we an organization that has a lot of friction between departments? We're seeing more and more friction develop um, due to COVID between departments and less so on teams. Teams have actually become a lot closer because they've all been through the same journey and there's a lot more empathy and, um, you know, um, we, we'd like to say safety, communication, transparency 
due to COVID over the last two years. But what we're seeing is yeah, an erosion between departments and between teams. So what are the trends at the organizational level that we can take action on? Absolutely. And I know I threw that term, uh, that uh, acronym of DISC uh, around a moment ago. And, and yeah. you know, it's funny, I'm laughing because, uh, again, I'm chatting with John Estefanis, um, the founder and CEO of Rallybrite. And as you may imagine, John has a long, complicated last name. And so his uh, analogy for me is, think Gloria Estefan with an us at the end. And I, as I think about DISC, what was just popping through my mind is that everybody, Gloria Estefan included, has their has that sort of profile. Every single person in the world has that profile of, of, of essentially what makes them tick. And everybody, uh, it's there's no good or bad, uh, it, but it is a language and understanding, again, as, as John has been sharing, how to uh, how to make highly effective uh, high-performing uh, leaders as well. So I want to touch on the C word, COVID. So yeah. you just uh, you just started sort of diving into that a moment ago. And, and definitely, um, we have a different dynamic of teams. And you've touched on it that it doesn't need to be viewed as a, as a challenging thing. But what is that one homework assignment, that one takeaway that you want our listeners to walk away from this conversation? Again, as we've uh, been chatting with the founder and CEO of Rallybrite, what do you want them to do in the weeks and maybe months ahead to create their highest performing and most highly inclusive teams yet? Yeah, that is that is a great question. And, um, you know, what, what I'm going to say is probably not rocket science to, science to most. It, it's really focused on that team connection and looking at psychological safety and belonging on your team. Are you giving people the space? Are, you being, are, they, are they being heard? Are we um, looking at our teams with empathy? Because ultimately, we need to rely on each other to get through everything as the world continues to change. And what we found is um, teams that have that strong connection, and when that, that strong connection is tied to values, they've actually been thriving through the pandemic. We've seen organizations with strong values and strong connection on teams raise more money, hit better numbers, deliver better results, ship better code. Um, it, it really does come down to creating that safe space and having that clear vision and aligning that with your values. Well, I've certainly enjoyed our conversation, but we are running out of time. I've been chatting with John Estefanis, uh, founder and CEO of Rallybrite. We've been talking about building high-performing and inclusive teams, including in a very challenging environment, which, which we're in right now. And I know all of our listeners are surely uh, grabbing their pens and paper and certainly want to get online, get in touch with you and your team so they can build that better 2022. John, how can they reach you and your high-performing team? Absolutely. So please reach out to us. Uh, reach out to me personally, John at rallybright.com or hello at rallybright.com if you want to reach out to the team and um, we'll, we'll be sure to follow up with you all. Absolutely. Well, John Estefanis, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to having you back on to continue this conversation, something I'm very passionate about. Um, but first, we've got to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business. The show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial because we've got some great conversations in store for you today. But be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com, because we know that as you, we wrap up this year, you're interested in uh, making sure that your health care plan for your family, for your business is in shape. And you can do that at healthplanchicago.com. We're getting a quick break on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So I've been excited for this conversation. Our next guest is JJ. He's a PR expert, has over 1 million followers, and he is going to talk to us about making millions, growing your brand. I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone who apparently has 57 million views on YouTube, uh, is verified on Facebook, Instagram, speaking in over 30 countries. So he's a true expert on this topic, and he's going to help all of our listeners make millions and do uh, and and build build that profile. So JJ, welcome to the program. What's up, man? Listen, energy, enthusiasm, excitement. Let's bring it today for the people, man. Let's give them, let's give some people some moves. You know what I mean? Like I hate it when I listen to a podcast and someone tells me stuff and I'm like, great, I can't implement that because I don't have 50 grand or a team of 50, right? Like, so I want to be, just be really like sharing with your people, like here are the things that you can do today, like now, to actually like, oh, that I see actually that as a win. So let's 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 give them that. Amen, brother. Amen. So uh, you're from Australia, living in Miami, and I know that you have uh, you have an interesting background. Uh, I want to talk the magician piece of things because uh, our listeners can't uh, probably can't do a magic trick with you over the radio airwaves. But I mean, Jay, man, you've you've done some cool stuff. How did how did you get started? Yeah, man. Look, 16 years ago, I wanted to do two things, right? Stand on stage and tell the world who I am and what I do. And I started my career as a Hogwarts Harry Potter magician. And I was just a kid to learn it longer, you know? And that skill set got me to travel to all the countries, got me to work for the biggest brands, and it got me to learn how to connect and effectively communicate with people, whether they're in India or Indiana Spain or Singapore, and it really just got me to understand the power of speaking and really learning how to sell me, right? So I built my career and my fame in the space of magic, but the same elements apply today because it wasn't the best magician. I wasn't the best magician. I was the one that was the most seen and I was the one that had the best personality. And that okay, I, so I got to break that down. I got to break that right. down. You're talking about promotion. You're talking about sales and uh, promotion. Sometimes people view as a bad thing. I know you and I both don't see it that way. Bottom line, you've got to always be promoting, frankly, each and every day. So let's talk about that. Why do you need right. to promote and how do you feel comfortable sort of in your own skin and doing that? Because I, I have a feeling, I don't, you and I don't know each other that well, but I have a feeling that in your heart of hearts, you probably, you're not promoting JJ internally, but you know, you need to do it and you get, you, you put out your best game face each and every day, right? Dude, I don't want to wake up every day and have to like tell everybody what I do. Like we all have ego. I just want people to like, listen, man, here's a lot of money, right? And and just do it and just do it when it's like, when you finish, just let me know. That's like, when would that ever happen? Very, very rarely. Like every day you got to be thinking how many people can know who I am, what I do and what I'm about. And perfect example, how many times have you ever been traveling or, or traveling or even in your local city and you see a musician playing Dude, why isn't this guy more famous? Like this guy's got an this girl's got an amazing voice at this bar because of one thing. She's not promoting. No one knows her. She's a ghost. You know, there's all and this is why I tell people it's not the best product, it's not the best speaker, it's not the best landing page, right? Man, the people that keep getting booked are the ones that know how to promote and advertise and market themselves. And that's it. 
So true. I'm chatting with JJ uh, from the Ace of Spades agency, which works with high-level CEOs, entrepreneurs, businesses, and coach on coaches um, using powerful methods on how to get the attention, as we've just been saying, of decision makers, personal branding, and so on. So um, JJ, you certainly have done that yourself as well. So all of our listeners, I'm sure, are trying to jot down quick notes. How do you start building that brand, not just for your business, but I know you believe that you need to build that personal brand as well. How do you actually get started in that process? Well, look, at the end of the day, people aren't buying your product, they're buying you. People want to get to know the person behind the brand, right? Customers are getting smarter. We have more choices. So now people have the money. They know they need the help. Okay, I I can make a few. I can get to know the person before giving them my money. What do they care for? What do they stand for? What are they like? Do they have a family? Are they married? Are they single, right? So building that personal brand and connecting with people is long-term trust. So to give people moves today, the easiest way and the fastest way and the freeway is content. There's no rules. You can literally go, go on your Instagram live and say, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm about. And that is not going, you don't have to be a big personality like yourself or me to do that. People want to relate to you right? So you can get up there and just start by sharing who you are. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't know. You think people know, but they don't. You know, Very true. Because of- very, very true. And, yeah. and you know, it, 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 you're, you're spot on in terms of the selling piece of things, which is true. Um, and in 1990, maybe it would mean um, you or I running around and, you know, handing out business cards and all that. But the reality is we're having this conversation in the final week of 2021, um, where we've got a lot of tools. And I emphasize tools. They're not replacements, but they're tools um, for selling. And I know that messaging is something you are very passionate about. So why is messaging so important online? Because a confused mind isn't a sold mind, right? And people, if people don't know exactly what you do, right, and how you help them, they're going to go to someone who's clearer with their messaging, right? And like, this doesn't mean you need to spend 50 grand to find like a brand strategist. Like, don't get caught up on that. It's just more so like this. Go and ask 10 people that don't know you or what I used to do. Here's a great move. I used to go to Starbucks and I used to show people when I order a coffee, I used to show people my Instagram. Okay, hey, what does it look like I do? Or what does his post tell you? And if I'm not getting consistent messages, that's a problem, right? Because what do you, what do I think that I'm putting out to the internet is different than what people are thinking. Or I do this when people work with me. I get them to Google search themselves. And if it's not coming up super clear, what do you think other people are thinking about? So if people know exactly who you are and what you do and exactly how you help them when they have that pain or that problem, they're going to come to you as the solution. Absolutely. I'm chatting with uh, JJ again from Australia. Australia lives in Miami. He started his career as a content creator, influencer, and live magician, believe it or not. And he has clients in uh, 12 different countries. Again, over 57 million views on YouTube. So he's certainly doing something right. And we've been chatting about uh, selling online. We've been talking about self-promotion, which is a good thing. That's the, uh, the, that's the bite-sized uh, piece that I want to leave you with over here. But then, you know, JJ, we've got a couple of minutes left. And I want to talk, especially as we wrap up 2021, about the things, the homework assignments that you want our listeners to put into action now and the things that frankly have worked from you because let's cut out all of the mistakes that you may have made and you and I have both I'm sure have made a lot of mistakes over time what are the things that people can be doing now to have the biggest impact in 2022 start putting yourself out there every single day right the only reason you're not because you're scared right I get it you're worried about what people think of you guess what I'm judging you and you're judging me the moment that you get out of the house people are judging you right so let's just deal with that fear and emotion 
right? Because the people put themselves out, they have more of a chance. Here's the next strategy, content, right? You want to build trust online. So here's the three tips that you could do of what to post on social because it's a free platform. Here are the three tips. Educational driven content, you want to show people that you're the expert. If you're a realtor, when's the best time to buy property? If you're a coach, when's the best time to have a coach? If you run an advertising agency, how much money, what do I get for this kind of money if I invest into my brand? Second thing is result content. So you want to show people how amazing you are by other people saying that. Third-party validation, testimonials, screenshots of text messages of people saying amazing things. And the third one is personality. So show people you're not just a Barbie and Ken kind of perfect products. Like show people, hey, listen, here's a photo of me. Here's a time in my life that was a bit hard for me, like reveal a little bit. And if you focus on those content pieces, that's your trust element. Because when people come and see you, it's not about if they like you, they got to trust you for them to do something with you. So that's probably a great start for you. Show up online and look at that for your social media plan and you'll get wins. Absolutely. Trust is so important. And uh, just uh, again, in our final minute over here, tell us about that, that one time that, that the biggest mistake that you've made um, that you want to make sure our listeners don't, don't follow in, in your footsteps in that regard, because I know there's so much that they can learn from you. In a moment, we'll share your website and, and, and social. Dude, I, should I get out the scroll of problems that I've gone through? <laughs> Dude, you know what it is? I think it's that I thought I should try to do it all myself. Like I know as entrepreneurs, we have this ego, but like always go back to like the best athletes. It's a great story to think about. What do the best athletes have? They have someone that knows more than them on how to get to the end goal. Like you are amazing at what you do, but don't try and think you can do it all yourself. And I think the big thing is invest in you. The more money I spent on me this year, the more money I made, the more impact I have. So like, don't be afraid to like, you know what? I don't know this. I'm going to get this person, pay them so I can focus on what I do best. Awesome. Again, I've been chatting with JJ uh, from the Ace of Spades uh, agency, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find you. And it's not hard to find you, but where would you like them to go so they can learn more about all that you and your amazing team do and so they could get this process started for themselves? Yeah. If something I've resonated with you today and you want me in your corner to really show you what's possible for your personal brand, two ways. Instagram, so you can make sure you trust me at JJ Live, J-A-Y-J-A-Y-L-I-P-E. Or if you're old school and you want to go website, Ace of Spades Agency, aceofspadesagency.com. Fantastic. JJ, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to having you back on the show to share more of your advice and expertise. But first, we've got to squeeze in some headlines, quick announcements. We'll be back and show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We've got more in store for you here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. Follow me on Twitter at shalomkline and be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share wherever you are listening to this show. It makes it easier for others to find out about all about the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So I mentioned this earlier in the program, and that is the great resignation. Um, and that's something that certainly companies are talking a lot about. But today, my message is actually going to be for those uh, employees, for those potential job seekers, for those folks that are uh, potentially going to take part in this great resignation, start to make career change. Let me give you some background. Record numbers of Americans have quit their jobs in recent months. Um, I believe it's uh, just literally almost 4 million people uh, just in the past month alone. Millions more may be preparing to follow them 
to the exits. And one survey found that around a third of workers wanted to make a career change. So I had a conversation with a uh, with an employment lawyer um, who gave some advice, and I want to share this advice. Uh, to make sure that everybody is taking all these factors into consideration when, uh, again, it's we should all be improving ourselves, all, we, all trying to get our professional careers to the next level. But let's do it smarter and let's make sure we're doing it with our family's best interest in mind. So yes, timing and preparation does matter when it comes to quitting a job. So even if you have another job lined up, it's worth considering a couple of factors that I'm going to share with you today that it might influence whether you quit now or stay in your current role for a few more weeks, months, and maybe the, the grass might, might not always be greener on the other side. So unemployment insurance. And again, I will preface this by saying that I had this conversation with an employment lawyer and my advice here on the radio is no substitute for getting on the phone with an attorney, with some counsel, talk to your accountant, talk to all of the, uh, all the professionals that can give you the most qualified advice. But in general, workers who quit are not eligible for unemployment insurance. Instead, unemployment insurance is reserved for those who lost their job through no fault of their own, generally as a result of a layoff or other termination. So again, if you're going to quit and participate in the great resignation, keep in mind, you're not going to be able to collect that check over the next few weeks and months uh, in between positions. Two weeks notice is not required. Yes, it's common, and we see this all over in the media, that employers often request that workers provide two weeks notice before they quit. But your work, your employer cannot force you to stay in a job that you don't want. Almost all employment relationships in the United States are terminable at will, meaning the employee can be terminated or can quit at any time. It also means that if you give your employers two weeks notice, they may choose to terminate your employment earlier, including immediately upon receiving your notice. So that's not a right that you have. Um, again, it's the right thing to do to give people the chance to find your replacement and so on. Um, and I'll certainly say this, that you always want to leave uh, things on a, uh, on a good note for sure. Um, but again, that's, that's, uh, not a, uh, that's not a, uh, a right that you have. Check your vacation balance. If you're eligible for vacation or paid time off, it's worth checking your vacation balance as well as your company's policy regarding vacation payout for workers who quit. Some state laws require companies to pay out employees' remaining vacation balance as part of their final paycheck. Other states allow companies to refuse to pay out remaining vacation. So look into it. If your company's policy states that workers forfeit the remaining vacation balance upon termination, you may want to take any vacation days you've accumulated before you submit your notice. Consider your need for leave. If you expect to need family or medical leave to take care of a newborn baby, recover from your own health condition, or care for a sick family member, now may not be the best time to quit your job. Although state law varies, you'll be eligible to take leave under the FMLA, the Family and Medical Leave Act, only if you've worked for a company for more than a year. The law also applies only to companies with more than 50 employees and workers who have logged at least 1,000 250 hours at the company in the past 12 months. Although the leave is unpaid, it does allow you to continue your benefits while not working and enables you to return to your job at the end of the period if you so choose. So again, factor that into your timing in uh, in terms of the great resignation. And let's talk a little bit more about health plan. Plan ahead. Quitting a job also means that losing whatever health coverage you receive through your employment 
Um, your uh, termination paperwork should also explain how long you'll remain covered under the current plan. For example, the last day of the month that your employment ended. If you have a new job lined up, you want to ask them when you can expect to be covered under their plan. For any gaps in coverage, you could opt to continue under your old employer's plan through a law called COBRA, but you'll also have to pay your old employer's share of the premium, which can be pricey. You may want a comparison shop on the Affordable Care Act Healthcare Exchange which includes subsidies based on your income. And certainly check out our friends, Tom Mirabali, healthplanchicago.com. But also consider any bonuses that might be on the line. If you're lucky enough to be eligible for a bonus, such as an annual bonus for your company logs a successful year, you'll want to check its terms and conditions. Not unusual for companies to require workers to be employed on the date that the bonus is paid to be eligible to receive the payment. If you happen to quit the week before, you may be out of luck unless Wage laws in your state protect that payment. If you expect to receive a big bonus this year, you may want to stick around until that bonus check is in your bank account. Talking about the final paycheck, state laws will generally impose rules requiring your employer to pay your final paycheck within a certain period after your final day of work. If you're owed sales commissions, there might be separate rules on when that needs to be paid out. State rules also prohibit your employer from making deductions from your paycheck without your permission, such as deductions for equipment or uh, to recoup a, a signing bonus or relocation expense. So make sure you have counsel. Make sure you hire a lawyer that will help you. Finally, finally, don't take anything from the office without permission. If you have a, uh, a job that you've been working on a laptop or in an office, it's tempted to plug a thumb drive into that computer and download some content. Don't do it. I'll post all the tips on my website, uh, shalomkline.com. But again, we'll be back in just a moment with more expertise on the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm so excited to be joined by Jill Miller. Uh, we were just talking about uh, everything local. Uh, and indeed, uh, Jill is a entrepreneur. Uh, an executive in uh, in Chicago, so certainly local to all of our listeners, and I'm so excited to share her expertise with our listeners. But as I always do, I want to get to know the person behind the microphone. So, Jill, you have quite a diverse background, um, and I want to talk about it. Tell our listeners, uh, introduce yourself. Okay, so my name's Jill Miller. Thanks for having me today. Uh, yeah, I've got, I don't know if it's that diverse, but... Uh, my background is really, I came out of food industry, agriculture, uh, equipment, uh, did that for 15 plus years. And then earlier this year, I transitioned uh, over into being an entrepreneur and uh, we're focused on still the indus- industry around food, um, but in two areas. One is uh, serving companies and their supply chains trying to understand and advise them on strategies to improve wealth equality across their supply chain and looking at these uh, the employees of the supplier base as uh, stakeholders in their decision-making process. Really important, I think, in terms of wealth equality and racial wealth gap. Uh, so that's been very exciting. And then we also um, have been working really hard to identify a couple companies to buy and convert them over to employee ownership in areas where there's a high level of minority workers uh, so that we can start seeding uh, people for generational wealth. Another uh, way. That's close. fantastic. Again, I'm chatting with Jill Miller um, from below the line, and we'll make sure to, uh, to share uh, websites uh, in a couple of minutes. But Jill, um, food is an interesting topic. It's interesting to me. I think it's interesting to everybody. But what I love what you're doing is that social impact piece 
um, as you said, uh, moving workers of color and their communities from economic survival to sustainable prosperity. Um, and um, so introduce us a little bit to the food and beverage package packaging and processing industry, because I don't know about our listeners. I don't know too much about it, um, but what, you've been in this line of work for a while. Yeah. So what has it been like? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we all go to the grocery store, right? We buy things uh, incessantly in packages and boxes and pouches um, and everything that sits on a store shelf comes off of generally a machine or it's hand-packed, but a lot of it is off of packaging machinery. Upstream from that is a process um, at some point. So you're looking at extrusion or dryers or grinders or conveyance. And then you've got case packers, cartoners, uh, just about everything comes off a machine. Uh, And I've been in that industry. It's very heavily white male dominated, um, which is understandable considering the history, right? Automation came in and post-World War II is really when automation began and we've just scaled it up from there. But it's it's really a, an industry where when you look at gender gaps and gaps in uh, people of different races or identities moving through the system up toward the leadership side of it, there really hasn't been the opportunity from day one. So um I love working in this arena. I love food. I love food safety and all the things that go into getting something to the store shelves. But I just felt like I wasn't making the impact I was meant to. I, I And I, I finally realized I didn't want my impact to be measured in like how many pieces of equipment I sold. Right. I, wanted- I know you and your team are, uh, are so passionate about this, not just spending your days, but I know your nights as well involved in, uh, in boards and, and, and volunteering and again, making that change because it, 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 it is a big picture thing. It's not just Chicago. It's talking about an entire industry. So thank you for educating us on, uh, on this. Again, I'm chatting with Jill Miller, a former food packaging and processing industry veteran, uh, stepped back, uh, this year, uh, to form below the line. Uh, after, as we've just been saying, uh, discovering sort of that passion uh, to make a difference, which is interesting. So uh, we've seen a lot of changes in the midst of COVID. We've seen a lot of changes. Is this the time that you can make that difference, that you can bring um, more inclusivity into a, uh, into a, a pretty uh, stagnant uh, industry? Yeah, I think this is, the, this is probably the best time um, that, that's ever been seen in the industry. Uh, And I don't think it's just right. It's not just food, but everywhere. Uh, People are engaged with these topics. People are, you know, from the investment side, people are putting money out there for social impact. There are some are large scale. Some are kind of testing the waters. Uh, But yeah, there is no better time to do this than right now. And I think we've even seen it. I saw a stat a couple of weeks ago. In 2016, uh, of all the venture capital awarded in the United States, 0.006 went to Black females. So far in 2021, major (laughs) forward movement, but it's 0.34%. So just in dollars alone, there is impact there, but it's happening. I mean, everywhere you turn, I think people are starting to look at this because if we don't start funding people in high barrier to entry areas, they're never going to have a chance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Jill Miller, um, 
uh, passionate about uh, making a difference, not just in the uh, food packaging processing industry, but really uh, across uh, across uh, the spectrum of our economy. Uh, and um, we're going to have to squeeze in a very quick break. But when we come back, we're going to continue talking about the responsible exit model as well, which is helping uh, transition companies to employee ownership as owners are retiring. And we're seeing that uh, quite a bit, um, which will facilitate hopefully more inclusivity. So I'm excited to continue our conversation. We have to squeeze in a very quick break. Um, you can find out more about uh, Jill and her team at belowthelineinc.com. Belowthelineinc.com. We'll share that again in just a couple of minutes. But again, don't touch that dial. We're going to continue our conversation with Jill Miller from Below the Line when we return on Get Down to Business in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm chatting again with Jill Miller from Below the Line, Inc., belowtheline.inc.com. Um, we've been chatting about uh, the, uh, the change making that Jill and her colleagues are doing, food packaging and processing industry, but really uh, overall in uh, creating uh, more inclusive uh, communities, more inclusive uh, industries. And um, as promised, I wanted to talk a little bit about responsible exit because you teed this up earlier, Jill, and I can't, uh, can't finish this conversation without talking about it. I know that you are helping uh, transition companies to employee ownership, um, which is creating more opportunities. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, we've spent a better part of the year uh, making sure we've got some ready capital to deploy. Uh, when we identify a company within uh, packaging and processing in the food space to purchase. Um, and we're working with exiting owners who have high percentage of minority workers, um, and we're particularly workers of color, um, and we're transitioning those companies to employee ownership. And it allows the current owners of a closely held company to exit responsibly and allow for wealth to be seeded for the the employees, which from what we're seeing, you know, out of a lot of, uh, there's a lot of working papers, there's a lot of data out there now that shows what the economy can look like and the impact on racial wealth gap when you start to broad-base employee ownership across the U.S. economy. It's impact. I want to talk about that for another minute or so. Um, impact. So this has a, a massive impact. Um, let's talk about that because I know you are looking at that, um, at how this is, uh, how this is making a difference. Um, can you share what you've been finding? Sure. Um, we, uh, in terms of employee ownership, uh, it looks like you're going to end up with, again, this is broad-based, right? Um, but in one study uh, and model, you see quadrupling of wealth at the lower end of the working economy. So right now, roughly $24,000 per Black family is the median or typical wealth in the U.S. That would quadruple. Uh, And then at the top end of that, where the top 1% of the economy would go from about, unfortunately, roughly $28 of net worth down to about $24.8 of net worth. And everyone else in the economy isn't affected. So... On the responsible exit side, that's how we're working it, right? As the employee ownership model. And then again, on the advisory side, when we're working with larger companies, we're talking to them about what impact could reducing racial wealth gap have on their core business activities? And then how might the supply chain and their choices in the supply chain be contributing to the problem of economic equality, inequality, sorry. And, uh, and how can organizations make small shifts to reduce the impact that they have. 
the supply chain has a role in this, and uh, let's just talk about that in our in uh, our last thirty seconds or so over here. So, what what's your message to uh, again? Uh, what, what role does supply chain uh, play in the in this process? Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, downhill downstream uh, effects and impacts when a large company makes a choice about their supply chain. It can it can affect area median income. It can affect well-being of the workers within that supply chain. It can affect a myriad of things. And companies need to be responsible, just like they're being with carbon or the environment. They need to be responsible when it comes to the human capital in their networks and in their ecosystems. People, people make it happen. Absolutely. Well, Jill, I've certainly enjoyed our conversation. Uh, again, been chatting with Jill Miller from Below the Line, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you and get in touch. Um, can you share your website one more time? Sure. The website is www.belowthelineinc.com. Belowthelineinc.com. Thank you so much for your passion, um, for your expertise on this uh, complicated issue. And we've unpacked it uh, somewhat in our, uh, in our 12, 15-minute conversation over here. But I certainly look forward to uh, continuing to engage. And I'll link uh, to your website. Again, belowthelineinc.com. We've been chatting with so many amazing people making a difference in their communities here and Get Down to Business. The show all about small business jobs and in entrepreneurship. That's a wrap for us. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here, 9560 The Answer. Have a great week. Go ahead. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.